Welcome to your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand, a show today that is dramatically different than the one I had planned uh, as of uh, Sunday night, right before 10 p.m., but then we got word Ryan Saunders fired as head coach of the Timberwolves. We're going to talk about that pretty much exclusively today. I know other things happened this weekend, but that is the biggest news of the weekend in Minnesota sports. I'll be joined in a little bit by Star Tribune columnist Patrick Royce to help me sort through all this. But first, I've got some I've got some thoughts of my own, I guess, as we as we process the Ryan Saunders firing and the Chris Finch hiring. Um, an interesting kind of set of dynamics in play there. Right off the bat, not terribly surprising if we're being honest, right? I like Ryan Saunders. He's a good person. I think some some tweets about him supporting him made that very clear. Um, from from all parts of basketball, but underperformance on the court will will do you in every time. And bottom line is Ryan Saunders, forty three and ninety four since taking over as head coach of the Wolves about halfway through uh, the two thousand eighteen two thousand nineteen season, uh, including seven and twenty four this season. I think they were getting better to a degree uh, this year. Part of the problem here is when they looked hopeless earlier this year, I think that reveals something about coaching, right? When, when you can't even muster a competitive, um, you can't even be competitive in the game, that, that tells you a little bit about coaching, right? Un- unfortunately, because it means, you know, it means A, you're missing one of your best players, Carl Anthony Towns, for a lot of that stretch, but B, that, that you can't devise a way to use the parts you have to stay in the game. Lately, it's been better, right? They've been competitive. They've had this string, you know, double digits now, of um, games in in the single digits, uh, where the you know the, the margin is close, had another game like that Sunday uh, in which they lost to the Knicks, and you know as as irony would have it, uh, coached by Tom Thibodeau. Maybe that's the last straw because obviously Ryan Saunders takes over for Tom Thibodeau in the uh, in the season in which he took over as interim head coach. So. Interesting, interesting dynamic there, but the bottom line is they've been losing a lot of these close games, and when you lose a lot of close games, I think that reveals even more about a coach that you, you can't squeeze that last two or three, those last two or three plays out of the team you need. Uh, you, you can't. The coaching becomes extra crucial when you feel like a team is very close to winning a lot of games that they are losing uh, instead. Now, maybe the timing of it was a little surprising. They were at home just a little while ago. They'd been, you know, they lost to Toronto at home on on Friday. Why wait till they go on the road to New York uh, before you do this? And, and the hiring of Chris Finch certainly qualifies as a surprise. You had David Vanterpool on your staff right now. He's the associate head coach. Um, you know, a, a coach who, you know, as a defensive coordinator uh, of sorts, maybe you look at that and you say the defense is underachieved. Um, largely during Vanterpool's tenure last year and this year, 23rd in defensive rating this season, but 10th in this kind of recent stretch of better play. So you, you look at that and say, I assumed at least when, when, when I found out that Saunders had been fired, that Vanderpool was the guy, that he was, that they were going to promote him, play out the season, kind of give him an audition, you know, with these last 40, 50 games in this shortened season to see what he could do. Instead, they go hire Chris Finch, assistant from Toronto, um, current assistant from Toronto. We'll get to that in a moment, but um, you don't need me to wonder about passing over David Vanderpool, a much more qualified uh, person can do that. Um, Damian Lillard, who played under 
David Vanterpool in Portland for several seasons, uh, tweeted, quote, how the hell do you not hire David Vanterpool and he's right there on the bench and has been in the front office successfully and on the front of a bench of a winning team successfully, parentheses, seven years, and also has played a major role in the development of a dominant backcourt, S-M-D-H. That's a good question. This is a, this is a surprise. Uh, it's less of a surprise when you consider the history of Chris Finch, how he coached uh, in Rio Grande when, uh, when when Gerson Rosas, Timberwolves president, was was with Houston. Rio Grande was the uh, G League affiliate of the uh, of the Rockets. Um, he he was later promoted to the Rockets bench. From everything we understand, Rosas has had an eye on Finch for a while. I believe Chris Hine, our Star Tribune Timberwolves beat writer, has mentioned this to me both on the, uh, the Timberwolves podcast previously and on, uh, you know, just in, in conversation that, hey, if, if something ever were to happen, this is a name you need to keep in mind. This is someone that's kind of been front brain for Rosa since the beginning. Um, why not hire him right away at the jump um, at the start of the 2019 20, uh, 2019 2020 season uh, before they made Ryan Saunders the permanent head coach, not just interim? That's a good question. That does make you wonder kind of what the chain of command is with that hire and you know whether Rosas was kind of waiting for the moment to uh, to bring his guy in but his guy is in now mid-season a tweet from uh, at JG average runner says when is the last time something like this has happened in any sport one mid-season firing two announce a new hiring in the hour three it's an assistant coach from another team this all seems very Strange. I will agree. That sounds very strange to me too. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to sort this all out in the coming days. I'd love to get Chris Hine back on the show. Uh, you know, once the dust settles a little bit, once we've had some introductory news conferences, once we have a little bit more information and not just raw reaction to all this. But uh, yeah, it'll be uh, that. That's interesting. I, I can't remember this ever happening where you just hire someone from someone else's staff. He's working on Toronto staff up until you know a day ago. Um, you know, I had <laughs> funny thing. I had Teresa Resch. Uh, Raptors executive on the show uh, a few days ago before the before the Wolves played the Raptors didn't think of asking her if the Wolves were about to hire uh, a Raptors assistant coach because uh, that's never happened before but uh, just some some strange uh, symmetry in in all that but yeah Chris Finch uh, said to be an offensive minded head coach they can certainly use that if they are going to build an identity on this team um, the players that they have invested in the most heavily. Um, at least with money so far, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, they are offensive-minded players, not defensive-minded players. So you probably should have a coach who caters to that. But you got to figure it takes a while to implement the system. You're doing it on the fly this year, so that part of it is very strange. Last thing I want to get to before I bring in Patrick Royce, it sure feels like this puts it all on Rosas now, doesn't it? Um, you know, before he kind of had some cover of, I don't have my guys. I, I, we're still working through this. Haven't necessarily been able to hire exactly the coach, um, of the future yet. Even if he, you know, publicly was in Ryan Saunders corner and wanted Ryan Saunders to succeed. Well, he's definitely got his coach now. Chris Finch is in a lot of eyes now turned to Gerson Rosas. You've made all of these moves. You've installed your system. Now you have this new coach, um, What's what's going to happen? Because they've underachieved this year. I think more of it 
has to do with the product on the court so far, not the personnel. I think he's made some good moves, especially around the fringes of that roster, to bring in good, you know, second round picks, undrafted free agents like Jordan McLaughlin and Naz Reed. You know, he's he's hit on uh, he's hit on some of the fringe guys. Looks like Jaden McDaniels, their late first round pick from uh, from this past year. He's got a real future, but evaluating this roster will become a lot easier now and that evaluation includes in large part Gerson Rosas and can they uh can they get uh, can they get this thing turned around because 7 and 24 is an underachievement in every stretch of the imagination. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, senior assistant sports editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Happy to be joined right now by Patrick Royce, Star Tribune columnist. He's seen pretty much every Timberwolves coach there is to see. And now we'll see another one, Chris Finch. Patrick, welcome to Daily Delivery, first time appearance, and uh, right off the bat, I just got to ask you your reaction to the Ryan Saunders firing and the Chris Finch hiring. Well, my reaction to it is that uh, I uh, watched the game last night Mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, just said, well, that's, uh, you know, Tibbs might be playing more old-fashioned ball than he did here. It was amazing. And then I, uh, uh, then my wife and I watched a BBC two episodes of a BBC series, and then I got a text from my son in Hawaii saying they fired Saunders. Yeah. I said, what? I didn't know I hadn't. Uh, so I wasn't on top of it when the news broke. But it's uh, extremely odd, uh, Mike, uh, firing uh, that that. Took place after the game like this. What? Uh, uh, why didn't? It ha- I mean, obviously they knew they were going to do it all last week. Uh, sure. Why? Why did he go on a road trip? I. Why didn't they tell him to stay home Saturday morning and fire him here and do it in a little, uh, little higher uh, class style, in my opinion? And then uh, you know, if, if worse, if you didn't have your deal complete with Finch yet, let Vanderpool coach him or something. But. Right. Uh, putting uh, uh, Ryan on the plate and flying him out there and uh, calling him in there, however they did it. It's a good, that's a good point on the timing of it. It's no, it's no weirder than firing Thibs a couple of years ago after two blowout wins. But, <laughs> yes, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Thibs uh, couldn't get along with people. That was, uh, that was his main problem. But uh it was, uh, yeah, I mean, we all knew that he wasn't going to be back next year, uh, but uh, this is, it's something that was going to happen. We, that, that Brian, there was very little chance he was going to be back next year. It was a weird hire in the first place uh, when they gave him the job because, uh, uh, what, 32-year-old kid without that much coaching experience. Uh, I, you look at him, if what you saw last night from Cat when he yeah. wanted to beat Tibbs, is how he intends to play uh, 75% of his games. If he could play 75% of his games, then they got some potential here. If he's going to coast through half of them, like he normally does, then uh, I think they're in trouble. So I, I think it's all depending on him. If he wants to be a great player or if he wants to, uh, shoot, if he wants to get in and mix it up and get rebounds and block some shots, like he did last night in the fourth quarter, then they got some hope here. And uh, 
And if, if he doesn't become a, he's not a, he thinks he's a superstar, but he's far from that. And uh, I think that's what they need more than anything is him to develop a, some kind of a consistency that he hasn't shown us. Uh, Chat to me was, uh, we, we all saw great potential. He played every game. He, uh, you know, when he first, uh, the first couple of years, wow, this is going to be something. And uh, I think to me, I've been disappointed. I, you know, beyond the injuries, beyond not playing all the time. I've just been disappointed by the degree of effort that we see from him most nights. I suppose it's easy to get down uh, when you're uh, getting beat so often, but uh, if he could be the player he was in the fourth quarter last night, uh, two thirds of the time, then there's something that can happen here. But uh, uh, you know, Edwards is a, Edwards has got a tremendous athletic ability. Is he going to become, he's shooting what 37% or yeah. something right now. And uh, you know, could he be a 45% shooter, a 44% shooter? That's, that's going to decide whether he can be a star. This McDaniels uh, certainly looks like he has some potential, but uh, you know, the Mike, I don't know about you, but I'm not a D'Angelo Russell guy. I, I don't think that he brings much. He's, you know, he can get hot and win a couple of games for you, but he couldn't guard me or no. he doesn't, he wouldn't want to. I lost, uh, I lost uh, a lot of hope for him last year when I uh, came back from spring training and went to a game against Orlando and Markel Fultz, one of the great flops in the history of number one draft choices, was driving by him and shooting layups just as often as he wanted to. So I, I don't know about uh, him either. I, I, but, uh, you know, we'll see what uh, this new guy, Chris Finch, can do with him. He's supposed to be an offensive genius, so we'll see. Yeah, I think the thing with – I'm glad you mentioned Russell. I, I'm – cooling on that I, I liked the idea of trading Wiggins I like the idea yes. of you know they were this is the guy they've wanted to get this is the guy that Rosas has been after for a while and they were able to you know kind of do the uh, get rid of Wiggins in one fell swoop now the problem is they're also out of a draft pick and it could be a pretty high one this season if it conveys and it still could be a, a high one next season but the, the the larger point with that is I think this series of moves now puts a lot of eyes on Rosas, right? You know, he, yes. if, if, if Saunders wasn't his, you know, handpicked coach, even if he was the coach that Rosas initially, you know, hired, he inherited him, but he made him the permanent head coach. Um, then now he's definitely got his guy. He's got his system. He's made a lot of trades to make this roster what he wants it to be. I wouldn't say it's a complete, you know, I don't say the roster's complete, but it's at least, the way they want to play, they have the players they want to play. Now, this this puts a lot of it on Rosas right now, don't you think, to, to deliver on his vision? Yes, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. What's interesting to me is you mentioned the draft choice. If they, uh, end, if they don't end up picking one, two, or three, and a lot of that depends upon what the ping pong balls are because right now they have the worst record in the league. But if indeed, to me, your commitment for the rest of this season should be keeping your draft choice right at all it's, at but it's all hard because you only have a 40 percent chance of keeping it even if you have the worst pick so it's it's, yeah, a, it's, it's the odds are stacked against you even if you're the worst do you think the benefit of having finch uh, outweighs the fact that you could just keep playing rotten and losing <laughs> you could uh, you can increase your odds what if they uh what if they end up uh you know 
winning some games here, end up uh, playing 500 the rest of the way. Doesn't that, you know, that that's probably going to, maybe it doesn't reduce the odds that much. I don't know, but uh, I think the uh, best thing they can accomplish over the last 25 games of this season is to not give up that draft choice. <laughs> I think, I think what Gerson's terrified of is that, you know, that they, they finish really bad. They don't get a top three pick because statistically they're not yeah. supposed to. And then it ends up being like the number four or number five pick, which is the most likely thing. So I think, I think he'd like to win some games and have the pick convey and be like a number eight or number nine pick instead of uh, I don't know if I'm just inside his head, I think it's more embarrassing if you end yes. up you know, giving up a top five pick than if you play better and then reduce your lottery odds this season, but it's, they're going to give up the pick one way or another. It's either this year or next year. So, you know, maybe uh, they feel like they've got enough young players right now. Let's uh, let, let's try to win now. Um, and the other, the other thing with that is the clock is ticking right on, uh, on not only on, on Gerson's tenure, but on, you know, Carl Anthony towns, right. You mentioned towns and all the losing, like, you can't just have every like you can't just have lost season after lost season. At a certain point, you've got to win. Um, so maybe they try to jumpstart that now. But I, I'm surprised that Vanterpool wasn't given at least the interim tag right now because it sure seems like he was the head coach in waiting all along until he wasn't. Yeah, uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, did yeah. you see he felt obliged to go on Twitter and uh, yeah. rip the uh, Timberwolves for not giving Vanderpool a chance yeah. at the job? And I read uh, that tweet yeah. earlier in the show. Yeah, it was, it was quite something. And let's uh, let's uh, you know just point out for anybody here that uh, Manderpol is uh, black and uh, Chris Finch is a fifty-one-year-old white guy. The NBA, I think, has seven out of their thirty uh, coaches are African American, and sixty-some percent of their uh, their rosters are uh, are African American. It's kind of the same uh, our black same problem the NBA NFL has. I mean, yeah. the NFL has a. NFL has a little higher, uh, you know, I had 70 some percent, uh, black players and what two coaches now. So, yeah, uh, I know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's out there and, uh, you know, I'm sure that they all thought they saw Vanderpool sitting on the bench next to a guy they knew was going to get fired and thought he was going to get the job. But so anyway, Finch is an interesting story though, man. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he made his, he made his uh, bones at uh, Franklin and Marshall uh, College, where they went to the <laughs> Division Three finals and lost. And then he ended up over in Europe. Uh, he played for the Sheffield Folders, uh, uh, Forgers. They were the Sheffield Forgers. I think it's a steel town. I don't think they were talking about forging <laughs> checks and stuff like that. And then they, uh, they became the Sheffield Sharks, and he started coaching them in the British Basketball League. And uh, then he stayed over in Europe, and he coached, he coached around Europe for quite a while. And uh, then he got back over here and got some assistance job. Why did he uh, travel around so much as an assistant? He, uh, he had three years in Houston. I guess it was other coaches being fired and bringing in their own staff. So, but he, he, yeah. he'd only been, he was only in new Orleans for one year. He's only in Toronto for uh, two months, you know, two months. So it's, <laughs> yeah. and he was given credit for saying they had increased the offensive efficiency of Toronto. But all I know is last year, Toronto was after trying to re without Kawhi trying to repeat their championship they were almost the surprise success of the NBA last year and this year they're not they're not playing very nearly as well they've got guys hurt uh, Kyle Lowry's not playing right but uh I, I don't know I I look at oh the the offensive efficiency is improved okay well you're losing so what difference does it make but uh anyway 
It, it is too bad that uh, this happened last night because we could have talked about Tibbs ball a little. Well, more, yeah, that was, was that was the original <laughs> premise of all this was that we were going to talk about that, and but it, it does, you know, it does add some nice symmetry all to, to all this though. Obviously, you know, he's I, not didn't get fired because he lost to Tibbs, but you know, just. No. You know, it was a little over two years ago that this whole, you know, kind of merry-go-round started when, you know, when they fired Thibs. And, you know, the thing you forget about that season is I believe post-Butler trade, the Wolves were like 15 and 12 under Thibs. They were they were starting to play a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, he couldn't get along with anybody. You can <laughs> you, you can and you can say, too, like that that team as it was constructed wasn't really going to go anywhere. It You know, maybe no. it was going to be, you know they would have had more wins. I think certainly at this point, if, if Thibs was still coaching the team and had played out the, played out the contract, cause this would have been the last year of his contract. Would it not have been, this would have been year five uh, of no, the five year they, deal. No, but I don't think the fifth year was guaranteed. Okay. So I, I okay. think they paid him off last year. I think he got 14 million when he left. Okay. So, uh, or that was it. I know he kept his condo here until October of that year. Cause he had this expensive condo with a lease. So he just hung around here. That's right. Uh, kind of like a coach, uh, you know, kind of cheap, but, uh, odd character. I know him pretty well. He goes back to Mus. He's a uh, Bill Musselman, uh, all over again, except without as much personality. Uh, but the same driven idea to win tonight's game. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that even back when Bill was doing it in the first two years of the Timberwolves, it wasn't such an outlier as it is now because the way the NBA has gotten in the last 10 years, the last 12 years since LeBron put together the all-star team in Miami, it's here's, here's the difference, Mike. In the NHL, if you make the playoffs, you got a chance, right? And in, okay. in the MLB, if you make the playoffs, unless you're the Twins, you have a chance. You know, I mean, you got, you got okay. a chance. The Twins aren't going to win a playoff game. We know that, so we enjoy the regular season. And uh, you know, if you make the NFL in the playoffs, if you make the playoffs, everybody's excited and you got a chance. In the NBA, making a playoff, you don't have a chance. No. If you're, you know, Toronto sneaked in and wanted, I think, is a what four seed or something the other, but. You don't have a chance. You're, you, you've, okay, you finished sixth, seventh, eighth, now ninth or tenth. Okay, good. You win a, you win a playoffs game. You don't have a chance. You're not no. gonna, you're not gonna get to the conference finals if you're not one of the three best teams in in your conference. So, making the playoffs is you, you want a coach who's in the modern times. Most of the guys, you know, want to get it becomes how many ping pong balls can we get? Can we get this great player who's in the top four or five? Uh, and you, when you're in Minnesota, you're never going to have an all-star team put to, you're never going to have cats say, boy, I'm staying here and I'm going to get two of my buddies and we're going to come in and freeze our arses off in Minnesota <laughs> and uh, in a, in an old arena. And, uh, and where we don't, where they don't really care that much about the NBA, uh, but we're going to put together an all-star team and win here. It's a, it's a really, uh, difficult situation. And, uh, the, the, the league is, uh, you know, the league does still do it, does well, still gets a lot of conversation when stuff like this happens, but you know, it's too dang hop top heavy. And, yeah. uh, there's, it's just, and now a guy like, cat we can we can worry about a guy like cat oh is he gonna stay is he gonna stay yeah well 
do something to make me care if you stay or not. Okay. Yeah. It's got to be more than you've done so far. You've got to do more than you've done so far for me to say, boy, we got to give all our efforts to keeping him around because he has proven, well, now being hurt so much, who knows, but he's proven that he's not going to take you any place if he plays like he's played the last three years. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think they can be the team they want to be if he's your first option. I've come to that conclusion. I think a lot of people have too. I think, you know, gifted offensive player, but you need someone a rung above him if you're going to be, you know, a, a real, a real threat. And you know, maybe that maybe that becomes Edwards. I don't know, but it's it's, it's not. I don't think it's Cat. You know what he should? You know what they should have him do at the All Star game? He's not going to make the team, but have him do shoot what? the three, get the three point contest. <laughs> yeah. He's fabulous. He's yes. a fabulous three point shooter. Beautiful stroke. Right quick trigger uh it's it's uh you know if he wasn't seven foot one we'd uh, we'd say oh man aren't we lucky to have him playing on the wing but uh <laughs> he's uh he's uh, uh he, he was didn't you think last night he was inside mixing it up more than he's been yeah. in a long time yeah he was time. you know some of that's you're right he's you know, finally getting back into maybe a little bit more playing shape, but you're right. It's, it goes beyond this season. It goes to, it goes back, a, you know, a few years even. And, you know, part of it, I think is the style. They've got him playing outside a lot. They've got kind of that, you know, the, 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 the outside in offense, the motion, and we'll see what, you know, we'll see what Finch wants to do with him and, you know, what, what Rosas wants, but yeah, some of that takes him away from the basket where I think he's actually pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty good in there when he's, when he's, been put in those situations to mix it up and get those rebounds. So you know, know what is interesting about him, Mike, is uh, allegedly he was not a Thibodeau fan. Well, they played 209 games with Thibodeau as coach. He played them all. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> 209 out of 209. Yeah. That's amazing, so, uh, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, he, he showed up and he played. Uh, yep. uh, the other great thing about the whole trade and the whole change is I ran into a headline the other day about. Uh, what a great defensive player Andrew Wiggins has uh, become. Yeah. And, and what a great complimentary player. Isn't it amazing how uh, the teams, uh, you know, how, how people can look when you're not, the, when everybody's not saying he's got to be the guy yeah. and you're, the expectations are so when you have low expectations, they are much easier to achieve. No yep. kidding. Yeah. So that's what you yep. have in Wiggins. They they like Wiggins better than we like Russell right now. I that's think that's sure. hundred that's hundred percent accurate. Well, we'll see if Russell can get back in the court, you know, in the next four to six weeks. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of this season. But it feels like uh, you know, kind of a this perpetual rebuild is uh, is heading into a, a new phase with a new coach and Plenty to uh, plenty to watch. What they start, they they play a couple games right off the bat here. I think they get Milwaukee and is it Chicago? Right, you know, in the next next two games, there'll be yep. plenty of plenty of chances for uh, for offense against Chicago. But yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. But uh, you know, surprising surprising uh, news. I think uh, not the Saunders firing, but the hint, the the Finch hiring, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of eyes now on Rosas and and Cat, like we talked about. Patrick, great stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the daily delivery podcast and we will we'll do this again maybe next time there won't be breaking news we can just talk what we were going to talk about <laughs> all right sir take care uh, all right mike thanks goodbye Bye. loved having patrick on to help me break that all down i want to run through a few of your questions and then we'll get out of here these are all from twitter at jackson purdy says i don't understand the firing at all first year he takes over mid-season last year a system is installed for a bunch of players who can't play in it and then the whole roster is overhauled now the year 
Cat has missed a bunch of games and D'Lo has missed the ones that Cat has played. And I think that's the that's 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 valid. I think that's that's the one thing where you can say this is odd that that maybe Ryan Saunders didn't get even if he got you know a hundred and forty ish games to to prove himself. None of it was with exactly the roster you would imagine. And could you get a full evaluation of him during that time? At Snortwood has the exact opposite reaction. It's about time. Any team that can only play well when they're down and desperate late is either not properly motivated or is ta- or it's taking the coaching staff too long to figure it out and adjust in-game. Either way, that's on the head coach. Fresh start. I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I get that too. I think, that's, that, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of kind of what you were seeing on the court in particular you know some wasted possessions not being able to get things done in in the in the moments that it mattered most or earlier in the season uh, having games that were completely lost feeling you know midway through the second quarter you could felt like they weren't they didn't have a chance to win the game so i i think that's the harshest criticism and fairest criticism of what we saw on the court that they just didn't seem like they were properly motivated sometimes and they didn't seem like they were properly executing in those key moments at my fan sanity wants to know did rosas want finch from the start and bent to glenn and cat on hiring ryan i don't think we'll ever know the full answer to that question but it is interesting that finch was someone who interviewed a couple years ago who rosas has liked for a long time and that they were able to make this move in season to take him away from toronto obviously those dialogues have continued obviously gerson rosas has continued to admire the work that chris finch does i'm not going to say this this is like some kind of nefarious deal going on here but it does feel like there was stuff going on behind the scenes and that that rosas was still you know enamored with the idea of getting finch in here at some point Last one from at Joe Nels. Who knew about this before it happened? Cat's post-game quote sounded like he was giving his blessing for the team to move on. How much control does Rosas have over the lineups? If it's a lot, why will Finch be any different? I don't think Rosas has control over the starting lineups or exactly who plays. It's very clear, though, that there's a style that he wants them to play. He's largely trying to acquire a roster to play that style, although I don't understand why they don't have a few more better three-point shooters if that's what they want to do so much. But I think the the last question is a good one to leave on. If it's if it's a lot, if Rosa still has a lot of control, why will Finch be any different? Well, it's a different voice. It's someone who probably syncs up with Rosas's vision a little bit more, you know, uniformly, being that they both were in Houston together. Uh, they know each other. They know kind of the style they want to play. So that that's what I could say to that question, that if Finch is fully bought into Rosas' system, which I would hope he would, and I hope Rosas knows exactly what he's getting in Finch, then that's the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the upside to this. If they can all get this on the same page, then maybe they can get something going and, you know, and turn this season around to a degree and turn the next one around as well. That will do it today for the Daily Delivery Podcast. Obviously, a full 30 on the Ryan Saunders firing, the Chris Finch hiring. I imagine this will be a topic of discussion for a uh, portion of the rest of the week and bits and pieces as well. Like I said, I'll probably have Chris Hine on, Timberwolves beat writer, at some point here as we kind of sort things through, maybe see Chris Finch in action for a game or two and uh, and go from there. Always read our stuff, StarTribune, StarTribune.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening today to the Daily Delivery Podcast. 